Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. It is that time again to jump into another episode of Crosstalk. We're glad you could join us. And uh, we've been working through a series on the Christian's identity. And if you've been following that series, you're very aware. But maybe this is the first episode you listen to. So just reminding our listeners what where we are at. Um, but this week, we're wrapping up this series. And I'm just going to kind of repeat what I did at the beginning of last week so that it pushes us back into uh, where we left off. Uh, if you listen to last week's, you'll know that this week's is going to be very contingent upon last week's. So if you haven't heard last week's episode, I continue to go back and listen to part three. To be continued. Right, of the Christian's identity. Yeah. But today is part four and the conclusion. Um, and basically, we were asking the question, if our identity is in Christ, okay, if it is in Christ, we have to make it practical. That's the response. If it is true, then what difference does it make? True meaning if our identity is in Christ, if that is true, what difference does this make? And it's not enough just to say it's wrong. It's not enough to just do that. We need to know the why. And that's really what we've been talking about. And I think we need to be able to understand that both engaging with uh, the world and among ourselves as brothers and sisters in Christ. I think it affects our parenting as well because we're parenting children who may not know Christ. I think it affects even how we engage with discipleship and all of these things. These are important things to to talk about and discuss and to understand. Our identity in Christ touches every aspect of our Christian life. Absolutely. It is that without without which, the Latins like to say, the sine qua non of being a Christian. Yeah. We're not Christians if we are not in Christ. Right. This is – of ultimate importance. Well, and we also mentioned last week just briefly that we believe this as Christians because we believe God to be the primary cause, cause therefore Jesus Christ is the primary cause because right. he's the son of God. So all that to say is, in recap, that's where we're at and that's where we're finishing up this week. Now, the two points we dealt with last week in review are the significance of our identity with Christ and the scope of our identity with Christ. But this week, we're going to talk about the struggle of our identification with Christ, and then the safety of our identification with Christ. So we left off kind of getting practical. We're going to get real practical. We're going to we're going to really see what that means um, as we jump in it. So jumping in, the struggle of the or of our identification with Christ. What is the struggle? The struggle of our identity. I think it's not at all difficult for anyone listening to us to identify with the fact that the Christian life is a struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's that's if you don't know that, then I don't know what walk you're walking. Right. And being in Christ doesn't change that. We talked a little bit that about that in session two when we talked about some questions that come up regarding identity with Christ and our identity being in Christ. It doesn't mean we're perfect or sinless. It doesn't mean we have perfect wisdom. You know, th- those things are so. So we do know that sin is a reality in the Christian life. There are those who believe in perfectionism. John Wesley did, not his brother Charles, right. but John Wesley did. Others have taught that. Um, it's not a biblical doctrine, and I think if we look at the whole of Scripture, it's not hard to come to conclusion that the Christian struggles with sin. John talks about it in First John, uh, chapters 1 and 2, and, uh, and throughout his book, because he deals with the whole issue of 
of the Christian's assurance. Now, I think it is significant. I sure say I think it's significant. No, it is significant that Paul, that chapter seven <laughs> comes after chapter six yes, in yes. Romans. And I don't just mean that sequentially, I mean that practically and biblically, and in this whole issue of our identity with Christ and our struggle. In this identity. Well, and I'll just say this as a footnote. I would encourage our listeners to study the entire book of Romans because I think when you hear what we hear and you go study the book of Romans, it's probably going to make a lot more sense, even more so. Yeah, read it through, then read it through again, and read it through again, and right. stop at some places and kind of camp there and think through. And it. notice how it is a sequence of thought. There's an argument being built. A biblical argument, a thesis, if you will, that Paul is writing there. Yeah, and, and when you get to chapter 12, and we're getting a little off here, but when you get to chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, <laughs> therefore yeah. what? They're based on what he just said. Based on everything I'm just saying. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That therefore holy. word is always yeah. key. Yeah. yeah, so it's all based on this. Now, chapter 7 is a chapter of struggle. The Apostle Paul gives some autobiographical information here about his own struggle with sin. Mm. There are those who believe that chapter 7 is the description of a man who's not living the higher life, who's not <laughs> living life in the Spirit in the way it should be lived. And that is there's some truth to that. And that when we get to chapter 8, there's life in the Spirit. And you're either living life in the spirit or, or life in the flesh. Well, yes. Or he could just be actually walking a normal life. Yes. And As a Christian. The, the Reformers believe that this is – chapter 7 is typical of the Christian life. It's a struggle. And Paul talks about that struggle after talking about chapter 6 right. about our identity in Christ and the struggle. So our identity – the struggle with our identity is with our death to sin. I mean, how many of us could sit down and have conversations with a brother? You and I could sit down and have, we've had these conversations. If I'm right. dead to sin, how come I'm so tempted to sin? How come and I'm how so come alive? I fail. <laughs> yeah. How come I fail so often? Right. How come I seem so alive to it? And this is the struggle, the struggle with our death to sin that, you know, Paul has to say later, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he says that after he says, therefore, chapter 7, that which I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do. You know, we, we laughingly talked about your son, William. He Last pulled week, a, yeah. He, he pulled a little stunt at our house when he was staying one day, and uh, he unplugged something he wasn't supposed to unplug, and Pam said to him, why did you do that? He said, well, Mama, my hand, I told my hands not to do it, but they did it anyway. And, uh, you know, that sounds funny, but, hey, how many times have we told ourselves not to do something? We do it. And I'm just talking about anger, about mm -hmm. lust, about whatever the case may be. Selfishness, all these things. Well, we know. And we tell ourselves to live in a certain way, and we fail. Well, and I think some Christians struggle with the concept of working. Because if you have a strong view of God and realizing that it is His grace and it is sufficient that He works in you to both to do his goodwill. Well, they often forget what comes before that. I'm talking about Peter here. Mm -hmm. They talk, work out your own salvation. So there is this tension. Work out our salvation, for it is God that wills in you to do his perfect will. Yeah. So I, I think that's where we have to be okay in living with, is that this is a continual struggle, a fight, 
Bible talks about fighting the good fight of faith. <sighs> this is a continual fight until we die. Right. And if we if we're if we're okay with that, and I don't mean okay with sinning, <laughs> don't don't get me wrong here. But if we're okay with that, with the struggle, with, with the, the struggle, yeah. absolutely, then we're going to be okay with what we're learning right here. I, I I think that if we're okay to live in that tension, yes, and it is. It's that that tension is a part of the struggle. So when Paul is talking to these Christians here about their identity, their death, burial, and resurrection with Christ, about the call to holiness, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. What shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. How, you know, do you not know that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin to death or obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. So being made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. This is that. Then he's going to go right in, in front to chapter 7 in the struggle. So am I saying, hey, it's a struggle. Okay, I'm cool with that. I'm going to fail. I asked one. No. No, no, <laughs> that it's a struggle and enter the struggle with right. these truths in mind. Your identity with Christ in his cruise death, in his burial, in his resurrection. Yeah, and, you know, I think all of us has to come to that point. I think all of us has to come to that understanding that sense of peace that we're going to work through this. Um, But then there's the next aspect, which is with our desire for holiness. So now what does that mean? You know, okay, if we realize that we are dead to sin, but we're also to die to sin, because the Bible uses both terms, what does that mean? Well, we we have to examine ourselves and ask ourselves this question. Do we want holiness? Yeah, because I like what our pastor said several weeks ago. If you don't want this, you're probably not a Christian. Right. I mean, it doesn't get much clearer in that. And that's it's not okay because it's wrong, but that's okay in the sense of, like, let's you just, know where you stand. At least let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Let's be intellectually, let's be spiritually honest, you know. You know, uh, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who, who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. This is the kind of person we're talking about. We're talking about what Hebrews called uh, holiness, without which no person will see the Lord. Holiness is something we want. We want to be like Jesus. We long to be like him. And that desire to see him and to be like him drives us on. This is part of the struggle. And when we fall, we know we fell. When we sin, we know we sin. And we grieve over it, and we want to live a holy life. This is the struggle. This is the struggle regarding our death to sin and our desire for holiness. Okay, so we have this struggle. We've made very clear that it's a struggle. Now we're going to use a word that's almost seems opposite of what we were trying to communicate, and that is the safety of our identification. If we're in this struggle, it doesn't seem very safe. Safe- so what do we mean by safety? Well, there there are in the Christian life a number of things that theologians call antinomies. Right. They are not um, contradictions. They are seeming. They work in harmony with one another. They do, but they seem to work against each other. They right. seem to be contradictory to one another. And so in one sense, this world is not a safe place. Right. And we see that by what's going on around by, us. This, it's very clear. <laughs> as I quoted 
in a sermon just uh, the other day, uh, John Piper talking about the myth of security. Yeah. The myth of safety. Uh, on the other hand, there's no safer place than the center of God's will. Right. And so when it says safety that is a part of our identity with Christ, we see it laid out for us in Colossians chapter 3 and in other places. Um, if God is for us, who can be against us? Right. Know? He who spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how he, shall he not with him also freely give us all things? But in Colossians, for you died. Hmm. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Jesus actually said something very similar to that, and we talked about that in our first session when he talked about him being in the Father and us being in him. And Paul expounds on that and applies it to the Christian life and to growth and holiness and to sanctification. When he says, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is our attachment to our Union with Christ. And in the beginning, we talked about union with Christ. We are united with him. I think we have to get beyond the idea of safety in this world. Physical, Physical safety. safety. We're talking about spiritual safety. And what we mean by that is eternal safety, that which yeah. is eternal. And we realize that our kingdom is not of this world, the Scripture says. Now, like the song, we're just passing through, you know, and that's really what we yeah. are. Yeah. And our home is with Christ in and, heaven. And what we see in these different passages is that our our safety is a matter of our identity. Mm. It's not a matter of how we feel or how things are around us. Our safety is a matter of who we are in Christ, mm. our union with that's Christ. That's where security, that's where peace comes from, can the Christ, peace yeah. that passes all understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Can can Christ be killed? Can Christ be uh, breached? Can his, he was. Can his wall around us himself? Is that, well, is that he wall? was on earth, yeah, but, but they, they yeah. could not keep him down. Yeah, Think and, about that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, – and if I, and he says to the disciples, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again mm. and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So our safety is a matter of our identity, and our safety is secure for eternity. Which we've touched, uh, or I got ahead of you, sorry, I touched on That's that just right. a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> That's the point is still the same. Um, we are eternally secure. Now, Baptists, especially Southern Baptists, particular Baptists, have long talked about eternal security. Mm-hmm. We believe in eternal security. Well, we do. The security uh, of the believers. Yeah. We believe in the perseverance of the saints and the preservation of the saints. We believe the saints persevere because they're preserved. We believe, and, and, and Christians, Orthodox Christians believe that if people fall away, genuinely fall away, from the faith, that they were never of the faith. As they Paul says. Went out from us. Yeah. As John says. They went oh, out sorry, from us. Sorry, John. My bad. Because they were not of us. For had they been of us, they no doubt would have remained with us. He's speaking of false teachers, but the, right. the concept is the same. People leave the faith because they didn't have the faith. Yeah. Now, Paul assures the Colossian Christians and other Christians in different ways. And the other apostles assure us this, that we are in Christ. Christ is in God. Now, let's don't try to picture that. 
but let's rest in it. Here's the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, Christ, the Son, is in the Father. We are in him. We are hidden with Christ in God. How much more secure can we be? Mm. You say, well, we can, we can deny this. No, no, we cannot deny Christ. The believer cannot deny Christ because, as John says, his seed is in him, it remains in him, and he cannot do so because of this, this germinated reality that is a part of our own spiritual identity. You've often heard us talk about, uh, on Crosstalk, the importance of the community, the body of the believers, the local yeah. church. When I look at this idea and this concept of a Christian's identity, um, and I look at the passages that you brought out, I've studied each one of those chapters or um, books, and I know within the context of those books, there is the idea and concept of the local church. Yes. It's there. And we don't have time to go in that. We did a whole series on that several years ago on Crosstalk. You can go back and listen to it on our website at visionforliving.org. But I bring that up to say the safety, the struggle, the scope, the significance that we've talked about over the last two weeks. All of this can be strengthened, reinforced via the local church. One, continual preaching of God's word, expounding upon the word of God. The teaching of God's word and things like it could be Sunday school, it could be small groups. Or just personal discipleship with another person, someone maybe older than you, especially in the faith. Or just having an accountability partner, someone to hold you accountably to this struggle we have in sin. Yeah. And I think that's important to bring up because practically speaking, you want to work through this and this identity, you need to be in the local church. Right. And Christ I mean is a good, healthy local church. Christ I don't is mean a, walking yes. in the midst of his church. I don't mean a perfect local church. I mean a healthy local church. Yeah. And there's a difference. Yep. If you're not, you will always struggle with this identity. I genuinely believe that. This is the means of grace God has given yes. for the believer. It is not To be strengthened okay. in this identity. It is not okay to divorce ourselves from the body of Christ. You no. say, well, I'm in the body of Christ. I'm a Christian. No. If you have not attached yourself to a church, then you are not a part of the church. And you say, well, I go to a Bible study. Well, that's fine, and that is helpful, and that is it part of helpful. the body of Christ helping you. Here's the problem. You're missing out on other elements of the local church, yeah. which I've mentioned. So I say this as a practical outworking of this as we end this series on the podcast here. Attach yourself to the local church and be committed to it no matter what. Christ loves his church. We yeah. should do no less. Absolutely. Well, this has been good. I think it's been helpful, especially in our culture as we struggle with this idea of identity. I think we've been able to tie this to both personally as a Christian what this means and then how to engage with the world as they struggle with their identity yep. to be able to contrast that with them. So we thank you for joining us. We hope you join us next week again on Crosstalk, and we look forward to talking to you then. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. 
We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Music.